This podcast is brought to you by our partners at 8 Star Energy. 8 Star Energy, a clean energy company, leading the future of portable and renewable energy. To find out more, follow them on Facebook at 8 Star Energy. I want attacking purpose for football all the time. Now we've got our backs against the wall and we're going to fight and we're going to fight hard. You've got to show me all the guts and all the determination you've got in your body. You've got to inspire me. A marvellous kick. That's as good as you'll ever see. And puts Graham back in front. I don't know about you guys, but if I see one bloke walking out of here, give the pat on back from people out there for a good effort, I'll spill up. From inside the centre square, boys kick the goal. Boys kick the goal. From inside the centre. <laughs> <laughs> G'day folks, welcome to Danny Boyd, a podcast about the greatest football club in the multiverse, the Footscray Football Club, Petrarchia Limited Trading as uh, Western Bullers. I'm Danny McGinlay. With me for the first time in history is a, a brother and sister who played at the highest level of Australian rules football, Tom Boyd and Dr. Tessa Boyd. <laughs> yes, it's great to be here, Danny. Now, look, I don't know if we actually claim the first position on the uh, brother-sister combo ladder, but if we do, we only did so by occupying a list position at the same time because Tess didn't manage to get out there and get a game in that uh, good side that year. When was this? What, what year was this when you came in, Tess? Uh, I believe it was the year after they went, like they won the grand final. So, so what are we talking about? 2019. 2019. Yeah. So, so you were the big hope. We we thought, yeah, oh, we're going back to back. We got another Boyd. Boyd's Boyd's always win us grand finals. Yeah. It's not like it's not like Tom Boyd and Tessa Boyd would abandon us. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I think Tom definitely gets me in that regard. It, it must have been strange because obviously, for those of you who don't know, it's probably best you you give us a little bit of background about your sporting history coming from basketball, but. Um, it must have been a strange transition and, and probably not something you saw on your radar coming to play for the Bulldogs at any stage. Yeah, it all happened very quickly. Um, I played basketball pretty much since I was about eight years old. Um, footy was obviously something I was always interested in, always kicked with, with you um, and dad. So it was definitely something that I did quite a bit when I was younger, but it just wasn't available to me as like in my teenage years so I read a thing that uh every football club you played for ended up folding yeah there was one year I tried I went to I think one was Whitehorse um I can't remember the other one and then there was another one at Scoresby Way um yeah they all fold I was like that is my sign can you please to play footy can you please get drafted by Hawthorne (laughs) (laughs) well but at the same time you uh you'd come in um to, uh, to play football basically on a whim because you'd sort of played a little bit at school and then then you sort of had a couple of forays. But you were really entrenched in your basketball because you were playing for Nutterwadding in the uh, then Siebel and now NBL1. Now, where, where, where's Siebel? Yeah, what, what is that? Yeah, in the so it's changed a bit. Tess will explain it better than I can. Uh, so it's like it's it's sort of like VFL, um, except it was a nationwide. Well, it was a Southeast Australian league. So we played originally. There was Brisbane in it. Um, Tassie teams were in it. Sydney Uni, uh, Albury Wodonga, um, and then what's Mount the, Gambia as well. What's so the nickname really of random. the Albury Wodonga team? Oh, the Bandits. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Great. <laughs> That's the worst one to go to too. So, um, yeah, like it's a high level. Um, we do see a lot more crossover in basketball of the uh, the WNBL players coming down and playing in our league, whereas that doesn't happen as much, I believe, in the VFLW, AFLW. 
Yeah, well, it definitely doesn't happen in the AFL. I don't know if it no. happens. Do there many of the AFLWs play VFL in their off time? I think a few of them few of do. Them. I think it's going to become less and less as it progresses. But yeah. I know there was a bit of controversy at the uh, the Bulldogs because half of our team played for Darabin Falcons, who of course mm-hmm. aren't in the course, AFLW, yeah. but they didn't want to leave Darabin Falcons yep. to go play for the well the the Footscray VFLW side because they were loyal to the Falcons. And some of the players they were like, no, no, you have to play for us, and others including a, a friend of mine, Nikki Callanan, uh, mm-hmm. has told me the story that they, because she was coming, she was like 32, coming to the end of her career, they were like, no, no, you can say it, Darabin. That's fine. <laughs> we love Nikki. She's a great, great uh, young lady, I'll say. Well, She'll like that. Uh, the two things that I really want to um, get a grasp on is, um, one, what was it like coming into football generally um, compared to basketball? And two, was it weird coming into the same club as me? And then, you know, getting some media attention just because it was this strange synergy between the two of us. I had obviously very little or nothing to do with any of the process. Well, absolutely nothing to do with the process. Absolutely nothing. I um, think that was the biggest thing. Yeah. A lot of people thought that it was through you, but I actually, <laughs> mum sent me a trial day for the VFLW Footscray team. She's like, you should go to this. I thought, okay. So I just randomly rocked up and it sort of eventuated from that. So, so yeah. trial day. So like, like in... In like Happy Gilmore, where an NHL team is having an open thing and everyone can go and try out. They mm-hmm. were doing that for VFLW. I believe yeah. they still are. They still the do it. Yeah. So we just, uh, for the Saints, the Southern Saints, who are, I'm going to play with, I'm sure we'll touch on that. Trader. Um, yep. Sorry. <laughs> they, uh, uh, they had their trial on Sunday and you can pretty much, anyone can go. I think there was a few more restrictions this year because of numbers. Yes. Because of COVID. But um, yeah, it was literally, anyone could rock oh, up. Not, not anyone. Like, I'm pretty sure I'm not allowed. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I'm allowed to you rock could up. You go, but I don't think they'd pick you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to play for him anyway. Might be frowned upon, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but and, and what do you have to do in these trials? Is it like uh, – how do you want to audition a, a footy play? Do you play a scratch match? Do you play markers up? Do you have to keep running laps until you drop? Or um, It was a bit of a mix of everything, predominantly skills at the start um, and then some other sort of ground ball stuff and some tackling. Um, the skills is something that I – don't really have any problem with the other stuff. We're still learning. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I must say, is it is it similar to the process in a way that we used to go through with basketball? Because football has tryouts, but it's usually like a preseason elimination style thing. So you sort of everyone's lumped together. That's where make, you're invited to train. Is yeah, the phrase. and they make a few cuts. But in basketball, like at Nutter Wadding, there's like 150 kids who used to turn up, Whoa. and then it's like first session is like 30 of you are just gone. It was and the next through. session, it's like you basically split into you know it might be four teams of 20, and you play against each other, and there's drills, and sort of it, it gradually, gradually gets to the point where it's just all out playing against each other, and the best survive. Oh man, this is just an under 14s representative. Like, and how do they announce who's been cut? Is it just naming names or do you get a tap on the shoulder saying uh, It changed over the years. Yeah, I think it used to just be like <laughs> read out and get embarrassed. Or No, they didn't read your name out if you got cut. They no, read yeah, your name out if you were in. in. And, then, <laughs> and then all the people who were left sort of just stood there and looked just at each imagine, other like, are we all in this together? Imagine <laughs> it being, yep, you, you're cut. Yeah. yeah, they just read your name out. No, they wouldn't. Do and that. then the and of course with um with representative basketball, you have all the people who are trans trans uh, transient between clubs. So I'm coming in to Nutter Wadding at 14s, and you got all the kids who've been there since um you know they were 10 or whatever. Where were you playing before? Then? I was at Ringwood, and then did you play at Ringwood at all? No, no. So then she came to Nutter Wadding afterwards. Anyway, so it's probably sort of similar to that, and it is so a really, really strange environment to be in. 
you followed me to Nunawading. <laughs> yeah, so I got you into Nunawading. Ah, is that what happened? Did you no. play there before I did? No. No, it was no, the same no, time. It's the same time. No, I heard they only, well, I suppose we need Tess, bring her brother. All but, right. but it is a really strange <laughs> environment. Um, and look, we've both done it with various like um, representative sides because you played basketball. You went to the sort of East Coast Challenge, which is basically like state-level basketball. And it's the same process over and over again. So by the time you get to the state team, you've been at 50 tryouts, you know, oh, over man. a couple-year period. And it's insane. Constantly getting cut yep. and everything. All right, can we, can we go back to the start? When, what, at... Who's, what's the age difference between you two? Two years. Two years, and you're older, yeah, Tommy. Yeah, yeah. So at what is – I'm just picturing, you know, this and, – and is there another sibling? Yes. Yep. Georgia, she's two years older. Older than you. Right. And did, what, is, what sport does she play? No sport. Flute. <laughs> flute. <laughs> it was flute. No sport. So she's the artistic one and you two are the just, rambunctious. Yeah. yeah, I would say, you know, um, my older sister's like my mum and then I'm kind of like my mum and my dad and – Tess is like my, our dad. With okay. extra intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at and least in the school front. Well, let's, just, <laughs> let's just go into like the proper, you know, nitty gritty of growing up in the Boyd household. Your, your mum is, is Danish, proper Danish. Yep. Mm-hmm. Danish. What, 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 what Danish customs were in your house? All I know about Denmark is uh, uh, Hamlet and Lego. So, <laughs> I mean, that's all that. No, that's it. Is that's Hamlet about your family? And Queen Mary, of course. Yeah. Queen um, Mary. We call her Queen Mary. Is she still princess? I don't know. Mary she's Donaldson. From, she's from Tassie. Yeah. 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 We love. We love that. Um, <laughs> what, well, we didn't have many. I mean, Christmas Eve being the big celebration as opposed to Christmas Day yes. is big over there. Very we, I mean, we didn't Europe. do the traditions as opposed to just having a big dinner always. Yep. Um, what did you do on Christmas Day? Oh, family stuff here. We've got just dad's Oh, family. you did dad's side, yeah. of course. Oh, so yeah. there's no issue over whether you, you know, what are we doing Christmas? Are we doing your family Christmas Eve, my family Christmas Eve? No, not at all. Just and our family's pretty small over there too, so it wasn't too bad. Mm. But yeah, well, I mean, mum's influence has been not huge on what, our, on is, our lives. Is there traditional Danish food that you eat? Oh, there's a couple of things she does. So she, every year her mum, so we call her Mortmore, which just means mum's mum. It's very easy to remember. Oh, right, yeah. Oh, um, logical. And she sends us over a candle, which is like a calendar. So you burn it one day. An hour a day. Yeah, an hour a day and <laughs> it goes through Christmas. the month. Mum like never gets it right. Ever. She never, ever, ever just gets it, it right. Going. No, it's just it. we never catch up. She forgets for the first 12 days and then she's trying to burn it for yeah, 12 hours. This, this thing burns slow. Slow. Real slow. Slow. So you've got the numbers in gold on the side. Okay. So as it sort of decreases or diminishes as it melts. Yeah. And, and is it like an advent calendar? Do you get a chocolate th- throughout? You no, know, no it's not even that good. They're boring over there with that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know those advent calendars with, with chocolates yeah. and everything? My really? Mom, my mom, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Well... No, I know. I no, well, when I was growing up, we had one uh, and there was no chocolates. And mum and dad just put out the same one every year. So not with, like, literally, they would put it in the box with the Christmas tree and bring it out again. I had no idea. I knew there was Cadbury uh, written at the bottom. I didn't know there was chocolates in there at some point. Uh, Other kids are getting fresh ones every year. Yeah, and some are eating last year's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, we had one other advent calendar, which I think is a Danish thing, where basically you have the months leading up to the days, sorry, leading up to Christmas on this big um, knit and sort of... Quilt. Quilt. And then you move the the circular Santa item each day on Ooh. the Velcro to follow which day you're at, which was kind of probably the only other thing that I think comes from mum's background. Any food? Yeah. Like I'm picturing herring would be... 
Big well, roast pork. Yeah, Always roast hey. pork on Christmas well, so Eve. So in Denmark from a uh, – and some, if anyone's Danish and actually knows more about this than me, then they'll correct me later. But basically in Denmark, where my mum's – where our mum's from is the big farm island. So – you know, there's farm island, well, as in that's where all the Channel farming is. It's brand very, new reality it was very show. poor. He's really yeah, selling was, it well. There, there was, there was, you know, there was fishing villages and there was farming. That was about it. Because okay. the the small island where Copenhagen is and where all the trade was is nowhere near where my where our mum's from. It's probably three and a half hours away. Okay, which what, what's Denmark. the town you're from? Um, I think she they call it Branda, but. That's the closest town that matters. Oh, Basically, okay. their town is a farm <laughs> that they lived at, which was called Gammelmark. Um, so my point being, when it comes to food, it's like ground beef, you know, you know, caramelized onions, uh, mashed potato or potato of some description. This is potato awesome. in every single meal. It's yeah. Every my heritage time. is Irish, so this is great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Me- meat and potato is quite literally the food in Denmark, at least from where from where um, where, where mum's from. Oh, so this is exciting. So you and you guys grow, and your dad's like, where's what's his heritage? Oh, Boyd, I'm uh, he guessing. was born in Faulkner. So um, <laughs> Faulkner in Melbourne, Bro- yeah, yeah. Broadmeadows. Right. Yeah. So he uh, loves death. <laughs> He the cemetery for fighting. The fr- I think fighting was yeah on the cards a lot when he was young. <laughs> basically, from what we understand, um, yeah. he's got a bit of uh, South African from the O'Reillys, yeah. and then is it a bit yeah, of Scottish as well? From, I think they came. Yeah, they came from Europe. They were in uh, South Africa for a generation or two, and then they came over here. So, yeah, realistically, just European Australian yep. background, Irish there. Yeah. All right, Aussie. And- Aussie, wow, well, yeah, 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 Aussie. Let's go with it. I mean, it's, it's weird saying that term because you know anyone's Aussie. Anyone's Aussie. You've been here twenty minutes. You're Aussie. Look, Dad gave us a couple of things. He gave us he gave us football. Like, and this is both of us. I mean, like Tess said earlier, we used to run and kick the footy together. Especially as I went through the ranks and started to improve, yeah. Tess would go basically always come. Um, so you're playing in the backyard. Older sisters up there playing the flute. Yeah, no, more like we're at the oval together running. Oh, wow. and I kicking. do have to mention something here. Um, I do remember when you were at um, your TAC Cup, your – who were you at? You're making me nervous already. So she goes back into my <laughs> – like, what did I do? Oh, the listeners the should have seen the, uh, the the panic going through both of their eyes. They went, what? I said, is there anything you don't want to talk about? And they were like, oh, hang on, hang on. It's the Cuban Missile Crisis. So just mutually assured destruction. Well, this could have been Tom just being a really good older brother, but I doubt it. That didn't happen very often. Um, but he said to me, uh, you kick better than half the boys in my team. It was true. She's always been able to kick the footy pretty well. Um, but my dad was massive on it. Like he, I remember he came, like one of these days, I, and this was early on for me, so I'm sure he did it to Tess as well, because Tess started, like, she started sort of just lending an eye to football at some stage for her childhood. When I was young, I would go and kick with dad. If my technique wasn't correct, Dad would say, he'd give me one chance. He'd go, mate, are you going to kick the ball properly? Oh. And if I didn't, he'd say, righto, let's go home. And like, he, that's how, oh. He's scary. Because Dad was scary. a... Yeah, and he, yeah, he's, he's a scary he's, man. Really? He's not, not scary anymore. <laughs> and how often did he take you home? <laughs> oh, once every probably four or five times. There's a stretch where I was trying to do stupid things with the footy and muck around because you're 12 and you see someone else kick a certain way. Yeah. Just Kicking around like, the corner. Yeah, which is now like one of the most important skills to have, <laughs> might I add. Don't tell Dad but, that. But Dad was a purist, right? Because he was a you know he was a beautiful long kick of the footy. Did he play? Uh, he played, yeah, local EFL. But he actually claimed to fame was that he was in this sun kick competition, <laughs> where he kicked the ball sixty nine meters Ooh. and came second to Wayne Harms, who kicked it oh, wow. seventy two, which was at um, I think that was at uh, at at Waverley Park. 
So right. That was when he was 16. Wayne Harms, who, you know, tapped the ball in from out of bounds. That's right. The Wayne Harms. So eight. Wayne Harms, I think, was 17 or something. He was a year older than Dad. That was before he drafted. And does your dad always say, like, mate, if I just managed to get a few... No, no. More, I would have played for Carlton. No, I, I don't, has Dad told you the story about his Essendon tryout? He has, but all I got was that he was too slow. Yeah. That so was his excuse. So basically, this is what happened. He turned up – because back then it's all the zoning, which I think yep. we spoke to um, we spoke to Merv about. And Dad goes he, – so he got zoned to Essendon. He turns up and the coach goes, oh, you're doing pretty well. And I can't remember who it was at the time. And he goes, but we need you to just, you know, sprint a bit more. And Dad just thought to himself, he's like, mate, I've been sprinting. I <laughs> I don't think this is what he thinks for me. And, you know, shortly thereafter, you know, he was working full time and he started work when he was 16, I think. So Yeah. There wasn't the same school. money in footy back then either. So Yeah. And the path to success was, yeah, he, he wasn't that interested. But he played a lot of senior footy, you know. Was he, was he constantly criticising the other tryouts for not kicking properly? Oh, I don't know. He was probably, yeah. <laughs> I'll drive you home. You're 15. <laughs> I'll dink you home. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were probably driving back then, I imagine. You know, I can't imagine the licences were as strict as they are now. And was, it, was, uh, was he like that with you, Tessa? Was he, you know, you got to kick it properly? Oh, no, or? I kicked it properly, so yeah. I didn't get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. I remember those, he was always the same with us um, like that because even when I got to under 18, so, you know, we'd, I'd do extra training with him after the session, just goal kicking or whatever, and I'd be kicking all these goals from difficult spots. And he goes, man, why are we kicking all these ones? I say, well, I don't miss the easy ones. Yeah, nice. That's good. <laughs> and I didn't at that stage, but I certainly, you know, you miss them more and more as you get older when you get tired. So. Do, you know, do you know what it was? You were probably in your head going, here he is in the grand final kicking because yeah. we know Tom Boyd only kicks straight in grand finals. Is this true? It's very true. <laughs> now, seeing as you're the guest on the pod, we probably should ask you some more questions, Tess. So you, you've decided to pick back up. Actually, maybe just give us a quick, what's the last couple of years look like? Because like all of us, sport has been affected. Well, you, you came in. And, oh, yeah, let's go Yeah, but that, yeah. So sport's been affected, but you've basically played Seaball, uh, which became NBL1, so basically the VFL for all intents and purposes, mm-hmm. but um, – Covered more of the CE. So it's kind of like the Neefel is yeah, now, it's I like guess. The right? or what, yeah. do, what do they call it? The no, Neefel's right. Do they call it Neefel? Or they so. change the name? Oh, no. Neefel is now just part of, under the VFL banner. Yeah, so. which I don't know. They call it the Eastern. I don't know what they call it. Anyway. Division two. Yeah, division two. <laughs> Let's go for that. So. Um, the league that Footscray won this year. Yeah, thank with you very six, much. Six, six games undefeated. Yeah, they claim that they haven't given it to us, but we're taking it. Yeah, That's we it. are taking it. And then a sure. long way around. So you've decided to walk away from um, your illustrious, what, 10 year basketball career, 15 year basketball career. And, and what are you going to do next year? You're going to play for the Southern Saints in the uh, VFLW? I don't know that I'm 100% walked away from from basketball at this stage. It's still obviously pretty important to me. Um, I think it's just been, yeah, the last couple of years have been very interesting for everyone, I'm sure. Um, But we didn't really get much of a chance to fit in much sport amongst the madness. So it's just sort of, yeah, I'm getting old now. I'm oh, working what? full time. Come on, what? What? How, how, 24. Oh, 24. God, get out of my house. <laughs> so I figured now's the best time for it and I – actually reached out to one of the girls I was with at the Doggies, um, Selena Carlson. She's a great young lady as well. Um, and just asked sort of what the culture was like at St Kilda and I'd, I'd heard some some good things. So, Nikki Callanan's there now? Yes. So I uh, got in touch with the coach, Dale, and, and she's been great. So it's more just an opportunity for me and I see that 
as an opportunity rather than, uh, I guess, chasing something else. Um, so looking forward to it. But we start tonight, so I'm a bit nervous. Oh, you're about to go to training. Oh, I'll go to training straight after this. <laughs> so, so you've been training pretty hard, unlike me, you know, over the last six, or what, six weeks, eight weeks? Yeah. As the sort of uh, restrictions have lapsed a bit. And, and what's that consisted of? Just, you know, regular running sessions? Yep. So we're doing three running sessions a week, um, and then I've been training with a small group of girls, um, which is totally COVID abiding um, <laughs> the whole time. Yes, exactly what someone who abides by COVID laws would yes. definitely say. Yeah, yes. So been doing that, um, and then just casual kicking around. Been kicking with Dad a bit. He's lost his touch. Um, <laughs> he, he's given up. He's retired from kicking. He does a hammy within the first five minutes. Oh, yeah. So. Um, it's not, it doesn't slow him down, though. Well, thank God you're a no. doctor. You yeah. Just, he just probably just wants to... Exactly right. So exactly you're a doctor right. osteopathy. Osteopathy. Yes. You have to put the osteopathy in there, otherwise I might get in trouble. With not a real doctor. <laughs> well, you have a doctorate, right? Yeah. Your master's. A uh, so. master's. Yeah. yeah. Oh, can you get? Can you be a doctor of just getting master's? Yeah. I don't know well, how what, it works. Well, I think do, that's what just... Do, the doctor just represents... You can be a doctor of sociology, I think. Well, yeah, I know that, but you have to get but a PhD. But that's just a master's. No, yeah, you have to, yeah, you have to get, get a PhD. PhD. I don't know how else works, but I get it. Well, osteopathy is a made-up profession. What? Well, aren't all jobs made up, yeah, really? they are, but you know, I wasn't going to let you catch... You didn't catch that, did you see? <laughs> She's um, giving you stink eye. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so you've got, um, you've got your first training session tonight. When does the season start? Because when you were telling me basically how this had all occurred, I was like, this is the longest build-up to a season I've ever heard. Yeah, we've been training for probably two or three months now. Yeah, but <laughs> what else are you going to do? We've yeah, been locked in our houses. So that's sort of the main thing there. Um, season was supposed to be the end of January. It's now been pushed back as the AFLW season has also been pushed back. Um, so AFLW starts January 6th. Yes, so they were supposed to start this year. Yeah, yeah. But they've been pushed back, and they're trying to get it that their seasons overlap. So those girls like me who aren't getting a game can then go down and play at the VFL level. Yeah. Right. So right. And they put the listeners might not call that comment. So when you were playing at the AFLW and the Bulldogs, yes. the biggest challenge for you were there was there was no secondary comp to play in really. No. What did you have two games like oh, two opportunities I reckon to play? We had game? yeah, we had one practice match as an AFL team which we played against Collingwood in in Ballarat. Um, and then I reckon I played one practice match against Collingwood and one practice match against uh, Geelong VFL. Yeah, and for so, the like for those people who haven't been through football before, like having nowhere to go back to is the most defeating thing ever. And it's obviously what happened basically over the last two years, right? With the VFL being really sort of um, challenging to complete the year before, and then this year they played six games. Yeah. So all of those promising young kids that need to play senior footy, and you know I was one of them. I need to play senior football, not training, yeah. Um, it really stunts their development. And I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges the AFLW's face, right? Absolutely. Um, especially because there are a number of girls who lack that experience. And, you know, like me, they might have the skills, but they don't have the know-how and the, Just the game smarts. Yeah. 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 So you don't really develop that as quickly in training. Yeah. So, I mean, how many games did you play, do you think, before you got to the Bulldogs? Like any football, but any football. You played some school ones, right? Three, three games maybe. Three, yeah. So we're talking about someone's played three games going into a professional system yeah. and then not having anywhere to go and play and practice. It's like- This it's is giving me hope. I've, I've played zero games as well in the last three years. We'll get yeah. you a wig, Danny. <laughs> Thank okay. you. That's just a bald joke. That's yeah. not even a transvestite thing. 
But still, and so you, 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 how long were you at the Bulldogs time-wise? Just the one season. Um, I did have a chat with the staff there about continuing on. Um, I can't say that I had the best run with my back, uh, I'm sure. Oh, is this a, is this a Boyd family thing? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. This is it actually this is a family. Danish tradition. It comes from mum. Because oh, yeah. you're yeah. all ridiculously tall. Well, yeah, not really. Oh, it's just me, really. Yeah. Like, George is tall. She's yep. got back issues. But if she, and she hasn't played much sport, so if she did, I'm no. sure she'd have worse ones. Does that affect her flute? Uh, she didn't play the flute much oh, anymore. Yeah. That was maybe her. it did. Maybe, maybe it was a career-ending injury. <laughs> career-ending flute injury. <laughs> Unless she'd done the accordion. There's a lot more movement there. Yeah, yeah. just like horse strength at its, at its peak. She's no, terrible at trombone. The, the low back and football doesn't go well together. Yeah. You can't bend over and put your socks on. You're going to struggle to pick the ball off the ground. Well, that's a good point. The ball bounces a bit more in basketball. Yes, and the ball's on the ground a bit more in women's footy. So was um What was the... Uh, yeah, that's a good point. What was the difference um, in terms of the actual fatigue on your body? Was it you know completely uh, comparative in terms of because the high level basketball is pretty tough? Mm. What was it um, the biggest challenge do you think transitioning from? Was it endurance, strength, obviously game smarts, game knowledge, all that sort of stuff? I think the conditioning actually wasn't that bad. I thought we were sort of a bit underdone. Um, I'm sure they'd had a fair few injuries the previous season, so they just adjusted the conditioning in preseason for us, and I think it was we were a bit underdone. Um, but otherwise, it's just that constant having to move around, having to run, the contact, hitting the ground. There's a lot more of that just getting bruised up. You yeah. get a lot more sore. So I do remember having... So I remember being sore in places I hadn't been sore before. So <laughs> it was a bit different. Um, but otherwise, I mean, the same sort of stuff. The culture um, is similar, getting around each other. So I, I did fit in quite well in that regard. I think um, maybe I'm a bit soft. Maybe you need to work on that. Tom's smiling while I say that. What do you mean? <laughs> soft how? Oh, just a bit of a sook. <laughs> what, you just didn't like getting criticised or yelled at or what? Nah, just uh, some of these girls are – and a credit to them, they're super athletes, yeah. super ath- athletes. So when you come in and, and you hear a lot of people talking badly about it, but there's, I have so much respect for those girls. They're very, they're strong, they work hard, they're fast, and a lot of them are bigger than me. Yeah, that's true. I'm small. So yeah. I don't really want to be tackled by Ellie Blackburn sprinting at me. So <laughs> I don't think anyone does. And she's fast. She's yeah. fast. So. Yeah. Just that, having to adapt to that. And I've always been sort of an outside player in basketball. I think that reflected into my football as well. We're trying yeah, to change that at the moment. Got the, yeah, it's outside the fence. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a good coach. got a good coach um, on my left. Yeah, which is... You're me. coaching her, Tommy. Oh, well, I don't think so. <laughs> I, was, I didn't have the outside player problem. I just had not enough of the ball problem, which is maybe we share that. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. Maybe, maybe I'll ask Dad. Yeah, well, I don't think he got much of the ball either. He spent most of his time fighting with blokes and punching people on the back of the head. Yeah. Are you a fighter at all, Tessa? On the on the field, you an enforcer? No, but I think I might start. I'm going to play in the forward line. I believe. Um, might just start. She models her game on Stephen Milne. Yeah. What I was <laughs> oh, nice. No, no. <laughs> she, she just said when she said niggling in the forward line. I was like, I can't remember who was the first, but it'd have to be Stephen Milne. Would be one of the the most annoying ones, right? Some killer players. Well, just, uh, and also small forwards yeah, were annoying because yeah. most just, small forwards just try and you know pop up and kick goals. Short man syndrome. Uh, yeah. Tom Papley's pretty good. He, yeah. he he revs people up. You're good, mate. <laughs> Thomas Bug. <laughs> oh yeah, but Buggy was supposed to be a midfielder. I think. Wasn't he a tagger? 
Yeah, he turned it out most of the time. I think yeah. he's a tagger. Now he owns a uh, influencing company, actually. Ah. I just go. very clearly remember in the first game I played, which was that one in Ballarat, I was playing in the forward line. I didn't get on to the second quarter because we sort of had a roster. And this girl from Collingwood, I won't name her, and I actually can't remember her name, but she punched me square in the back. Oh. The ball was down the other end. Coward punch. And I was like... Typical Collingwood. Well, this is new. <laughs> <laughs> I have told you this before. No, no, I was being, this is new. That's what I would have been thinking of. Is there not? Yeah. No coward punching in at the Nunawadding Spectres? No, we don't punch each other. Really? Yeah. Uh, You've uh, you've been busted up a few times in basketball. Elbows. Elbows, yeah. Yeah. But most of them incidental. This girl just punched me in the back. Yeah, there's a few. I was like, okay. There's those sort of people who've always got these accidental elbows. Yeah. It happens a lot, but it's accidental. So my theory is I'll do that first. Before they get the chance. Damn right. But now they will actually watch you on the television and make sure that you don't. So don't tell too many people that's your tactic. You're like Cobra Kai. Strike first, no mercy. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Is that an old person reference? That is an yeah. That's oh, a karate man. kid. You are. Oh, Cobra Kai is currently so on Netflix, yeah. uh, you know, children. Well, actually- I've got, Well, they remade, they remade Karate Kid too. Oh, with uh, Jackie with, Chan. With Jackie Chan. And, and, and Will Smith's kid. Yeah, Jaden Smith. Yeah, and then that. they did Cobra Kai as well, so- yeah. So you've got a lot. You've got an opportunity to watch all these old people. So what? Okay, yeah, right. this is a question that uh, someone asked. Okay, it was me. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know what movies were on high rotation in the Boyd household growing up. Oh, the burned ones from Bali, I reckon. The two dollar DVDs that barely worked. Yeah, Mr. Exactly. and Mrs. Smith was on a couple of times. Yeah, well, I mean, Harry Potter is a big one in our family yep. for sure. Um, but. Yeah, we used to have heaps because, you know, you'd go over and buy those burnt, yeah. you know, this CDs, DVDs. Yeah. Because we only had the video shop, so we'd go down and rent they a VHS. they burn them in Bali too? Yeah. Or? <laughs> That's probably where they've ended well, up these well, days. Well, the thing is, I think there's still those DVD shops in Bali. Some of them still exist. Yeah, probably. That's amazing. I don't know where they're using the DVDs, but... Um, they're you know, very some, fancy coasters. Some people still have them, supposedly. And, and what uh, what TV shows did? Uh, so, are, are you two closer because of your um, athletic prowess more so than the older sister, or was yeah, it the I, girls were ganging up on Boydie, or was it? I think it was the girls ganging up on me when we were really young. But really then after young. that, we, yeah. we just. I mean, we fought tooth and nail, still do. But oh, really? But because we're so similar, or we have a lot of um, shared similar sort of interests. Yeah, and Tom can't get over the fact that I'm smarter than him. Yeah, yeah. This is actually a Winnable story too. So, so um, it must have been 2015 because so my first season at the Bulldogs, and I must have been in preseason before the 2016 granny, I guess. When did you finish? 2015? Yeah. So it would have been the finish high school. Yeah, high school. Yeah, twenty fifteen. So Tess has been, you know, going away all year, and you know, I'd been in Sydney the year before, and Mum had sort of rung me a few times, oh, because I did quite well at school, and then she was like, oh, your sister's not studying as much as you were, you know, Ooh. she's not putting enough work in, and I don't think I ever spoke to you about it, but no. then um, she keeps saying it all through her year twelve, and I'm like, well, look, I don't know, she's really smart, and I'm sure she's got it all together, and then she rings me out of the blue in the middle of a preseason day, and she just rings me and like, oh, hey, how you going? And she's like, oh. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, pretty good. We just got our marks back. I said, "Oh, how'd you go?" She goes, "I beat you." <laughs> <laughs> actually, that was going to be one of my questions. When did you first beat your brother at something? Is that, that is that actually? Yeah, it? that's that it. probably it. So yeah. Yeah, I've got. I'm the same as you. My brother is uh, two and a half to three years older. Like. Two and three quarter years. It's mm. just difficult to say, so I usually just say three years. Uh, the day I became taller than him, 
was ah. the the greatest day of my life. Sadly, that yeah. has yet to come for you. But you know, yeah, keep, yeah, yeah. keep at well, it. Well, see, yeah. height like height actually matters though. Whereas to everyone in the world, ATAR doesn't matter after the yeah, first year. It matters to I me. I cared then. It matters to <laughs> me. I, I, I was gracious, but it stung. <laughs> yeah. So and then I had to go through it because. She got an exception or something. You got like a small boost, which w- the discrepancy was like one and a half points or something. Or yeah, one point one five or something. So yeah. what, is it still out of a hundred? Yes. So we both got in the nineties, but she just beat me by a point basically. And she'd also gotten this like added bonus for something that you did. Um, and it, but it wasn't enough to make up that one point. So I was trying to like argue, like, oh, maybe you got a little bit of a boost from that. Oh, I had you an know, extra I only, subject. Yes, you had an, I extra, had an subject. extra subject. Yeah. So anyway, oh, that's just cheating. Yeah. Well, I dropped one because of footy. So. Ah, there we go. Anyway, I what was, was the um, subject that you busted you up? Oh, I think chemistry was my best subject. Forty-two oh, in chemistry. That is good. That's very good. What was your best subject? English. I got 47 though, so. I tried to copy him. It didn't work. <laughs> he was writing about to kill a mockingbird and you were supposed oh, to be weathering oh, mate, I was writing about Monet's scream or Munch's scream. Whatever. I used you know, that in painting? my- That's how like into writing I was back then. Hang on. You're doing, a, you're doing English and you're analysing a painting. Yep. Yeah. And he put Batman in there as well. I put all these like, uh, they didn't know it was Batman, but all of these like, you know, uh, like Batman or um, Harry Potter, all these like good versus evil. Oh, um, yeah. Allegories you know, and yeah, things like they're that. the best place to find the best like sort of context essay pieces because they all explore the same thing, yeah. which was conflict. Basically, yeah, it was like power or conflict or you know bad. But yeah, so basically that's all I <laughs> I copied and then I told them all at the end that I'd finished. I was like, that's Harry Potter, that's Batman. <laughs> Smart <laughs> it worked. Yeah, I tried it, didn't work so well. No, no. What you, were you analyzing? Oh, uh. You don't want to know. Okay. It was a very boring book. Yeah. Right. What did no you conflict. do? I did. We did. I did Ransom, which was uh, based on Mel the, Gibson film. Yeah, probably. They. Uh, it's based on the Iliad, so it's about um, Troy no. and different one. The Mel Gibson film's quite. I actually quite different. can't remember what we did. Yeah, none of them were good. None of them were much good. But um, I made up a historical figure in a in a history essay. That's good. Yeah. And did you get away full, with it? Full marks. Wow. Yeah. See, they had to write about famous women, and I was like, okay, I could do Joan of Arc, Cleopatra, and I was just like, uh, uh, and then my dad suggested because uh, he's from Scotland. He goes, "Have you ever heard of Magda of the Orkneys?" <laughs> I go, "No," and he goes, "Neither have I, but go for it." <laughs> See, this is the moment okay. where I was just saying, I was talking to someone this morning, I was like, the moment your life gets a lot easier is when you work out that your parents are just people and they've got no idea yeah. and your teachers are just people and they've got no <laughs> idea either. Like everyone's just making it up as they go along. And I was pre-internet, so yeah. they couldn't like oh. just go, who the hell is this? You know. Yeah, she's like, he's dug into his family history. <laughs> like, you know, he's made all this effort, full marks. Yeah, let alone you're just a figment of your dad's imagination. <laughs> So what else was going on uh, growing up in your house? What what music was uh, was Tommy into? What I wanted insight into my co-host growing up was he was there some death metal? Was he hip hop? Or was it you know Mariah Carey? And you walk in, and he goes close the door. I actually think there was a bit of a mix. Um, I think there was a stage you were trying to listen to like techno from Perth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was probably like the end of primary school. Yep, and then. Why Perth techno? I don't, oh, know if it was from, I don't think it was from Perth. I think you had a friend. No, it was after primary school because your friend was living over there. Was it Aaron Wosley Black? Was that his name? Oh, that was in... Was yeah, it? he's from Darwin. Okay, maybe Perth. it was Jeez, Darwin. Close. Close. There are only about 15,000. Yeah. Cl- okay. He was yeah. nice. He's a nice guy. He played state football with me, actually. Oh. 
Um, I played on the iOS with me, actually. But otherwise, just just your classic radio music. I think music's gotten a lot Maroon diverse 5. lately. But Maroon 5, 100%. Oh, she will be loved. Room. Yeah, they got a big run. Oh, yeah. It's a great album. Songs about Jane. No, it's not. It was, it <laughs> was, was, I was working radio then. You might have listened to me because I was, a, I was a Fox FM weekend afternoon announcer. I might have. And I just loved Mar- it. Maroon 5 because they were on every... 20 minutes. Well, it was, what was it? Year, I reckon I was in year nine before the iPod was around, basically, or yeah, year around, eight or yeah. something like that. Because I'd always, basically, I was still at the stage where I had dad's old CD player and I was cassette recording. I was making mixtapes. Yeah, nice. On my cassette in my bedroom. Because you would have been the, last. When the radio came on and something good came on, because you'd leave the radio on, you'd sit there and you'd actually listen to it. And then for all of the kids who are under my age, or, um, you basically press record and then you pause it and then you change discs or change cassettes because yeah. you sort of had a dual cassette player. And so that's how I made mixtapes. So some of your mixtapes just might have me coming in yeah, at the end going, just, today's best music, yeah, 1019 just, The Fox. And then just cut away. That'd be it. Oh, and it would have been you, 100%. Because yeah. we, we listened to The Fox back then and then- The Nova. And then we went to Nova when we were oh. at like end of high school. <laughs> Because yeah. we had um, we had Kate Langbrook on last week from Husey and Kate, yes, and um, yep. like we spent all our childhood listening to that um, that lady. Uh, and um, I'll fully and admit, Nova was better than Fox back then. Yeah, it got be- yeah for sure. And then because mum, mum loved her. She was a massive. Mum still loves her. Husey and Kate fan. So yeah, my house was all ABC Classic FM and seven seven four. Oh yeah, six nine three eleven sixteen before it was um, back then. Yeah, too. that was what Dad listened to. It's yeah. depressing. Yeah, well, we listen to the state cricket for hours, mate. Oh, oh actually, yeah. that that's probably a good. So, so Tessa and I obviously um, we spend a lot of time in Anglesey, right? Which is where our um, holiday home is, where I'm living at the moment. And um, you know, our whole summers were you know backyard cricket, surfing, beach, watching the cricket on TV. Yep. You know, the tests were on climbing trees, climbing trees. So we were really outdoorsy kids, and we've spent most of our time together. And then, sort of as we grew up, you know, we started doing different things but yeah we we're pretty close as a family for sure that's good you guys get along now yeah well mostly i gotta say when i suggested you as a as a guest tessa it, it, boydie's first reaction was quite brotherly of like what do you want her for <laughs> and then and then like a week later he's like yeah actually he be practically good. begged me he <laughs> what are you doing this week what are you doing this week i, I went to my you. rolodex of people that i know and i got to the I bottom, the bottom of the list <laughs> I'm no, well aware. I, I thought it was it was good timing because obviously you know that we're, we're we're basically bridging on this show towards the AFLW season because there's nothing to talk about in the footy world at the moment. Oh, um, don't don't we want to talk about Essendon's trade week. I mean, uh, that's, no, that's the seasons we have regular season, then you have finals, and then you have media just talking about how Essendon's trade week is for yeah. like a whole month. Yeah, and now we're in the quiet patch where we we, we build up to AFLW and and everything. I got to ask. Um, how frustrating is it for you, Tessa, to when you know you're you're equally as good an athlete as Tom Boyd, but <laughs> you have to study, probably work uh, several part-time jobs, whereas he's you know doing the same things as you, but getting you know a lot more money, which is just the sexist nature of sport as as it is now, and I hope it's fixed very soon. But how much do you have to just repress that rage all the time? Um. I'm not really enraged by it. I, I, I'm a bit of a realist with it, to be honest. Like if there's – the girls obviously work very, very hard yep. and there just isn't that scope for them to be full-time at the moment. I hope there will be one day, um, but at the moment it's 
you know, they, they are having to invest in other parts of their lives, which in a sense with AFL, they do anyway. You still have to have something. You, be, you have to be studying, doing an apprenticeship, etc. Yeah. So I don't of. necessarily think it's a bad thing. Um, I don't really like to talk about money. Tom knows that. <laughs> it's, yeah, well, tough, to- tough topic it's in a our tough family. topic, but I'm happy what I do. I really love my job. Um, I'm happy to work full time and then my sport's sort of a release on the side. So... Honestly, being at the doggies, the biggest thing I learned was it's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy and it's not, you know, um, you know what I guess you fantasise as a, as a younger athlete. I think Tom can attest to that as well. It is really difficult. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm learning that through this podcast. Yeah. So, and, and look, I've also said on this podcast before that, and I'm not trying to sound like I'm the best bloke ever, but the road to being a VFL player is extraordinarily hard. Like, if you get picked up through the VFL system to play AFL football, say, like, Will Hayes or Ben Kavara, like, the work that those guys have to do is extraordinarily hard. The only thing that's probably harder is what the AFLW girls have to go through because they've got to do that and then work six months of the year and they're not within grasp of playing against the best players all the time. I mean, it's just... Balancing out those things, you just have to love it, and I think at least the competition's trending in the right direction. Every yes. year, it's getting bigger. Yeah. Every year, the fan base is getting bigger. I presume, hopefully, the collective bargaining agreement is getting better for them. Um, though it's been on hold across the whole competition for a couple of years, um, and we're heading towards them being at least semi-pro because they are semi-pro at the moment. But it's like, could they not work? Yeah, they can't. It, it, to the, if they could get to the point where they don't need to work, that would be the massive milestone. Or at least not need to work while they're playing. Yeah, for that yeah, six exactly. months. Yeah, sure. That'd yeah. be great. I mean, that's got to be the next milestone. They'll be, I'm sure they'll be chasing, and that'll be a, a big moment. For I do for think that when you think about that, though, a lot of people are very invested in their careers. Like, I know there's quite a few girls that I was with that either um, haven't have since stopped playing mm. to follow their careers, or it's just been that their careers have led them somewhere else. Um, I remember Doc, uh, Tiana Ernst, she moved up to Gold Coast. She was a proper, like, gynecological surgeon or oh, something yeah. like that. Very, okay. very intelligent. Um, and I just call it Doc. It's yeah. just easier to remember. Yep. Um, she, I think she's retired now because her career sort of has taken precedence over football. So I think there's going to be quite a few girls that, that will go down that path as well if they do decide to make it a full-time gig. Is that, yeah. a, is that a thing that all docs are – is, is Taylor Duray a gynecological surgeon? No, is, that, is that where he got the name? I, sh- I could I'm not even give you. A, I couldn't even give you a sliver of an insight into what Taylor Duray does outside <laughs> the game. I can't remember talking to him about it. To be honest, I'm presuming um, not gynecological surgery. I, I wouldn't have thought so no. at this stage in his career. Never rule anything out. <laughs> Absolutely, you know, he's a, he's a committed man. Yeah, and he's got a long, you know, long life ahead of him. Hopefully, Do you know my favourite thing to watch in AFLW is. Because a lot there's there's a, seems to be a high uh, representation of physios and osteos and and a lot of them work in medical services. When there's an injury of a player and then the medicos run over and the players who are physios push the medicos out of the way and go, no, dickhead, that's not what you do. There's and 15 start, of them on the field. And they start treating their opponents. I love that. I actually haven't seen that, but that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I actually, that's I think that's a good point because obviously there is, that is actually a real thing. There's a massive overlap when you say within like the sort of physio, osteo, lovers of sport in general playing obviously yeah. AFLW at the moment. Um, I can think of several. Right, which is 
which is really cool. Do you think that um, the two sort of career paths marry up? Obviously, it'd be great, as we just said, to get to a stage where you didn't have to work as an osteo for, say, six months of the year using you hypothetically. Um, but they do surely enable, you know, because you have the knowledge of your studies and you've, you know, worked in the industry, um, it can't, can't hurt your own sporting career. Well, definitely. I think physio fits a little bit better just because they do have much more of an emphasis on sports and athletes. That's Um, the next war we're going to start. Physios versus osteos. Yeah. (laughs) Osteos are pushing for it. Um, I'm I'm on the chiropractor. Speaking of monopolies in the world. (laughs) Get out. Tom, Google where chiropractors yes, came from. Tom will you, actually tell you about this. You, no, well, I, I, I've got to just Google it. Just Google where it actually started because it's quite an incredible story where chiropractors that, do came from. Do we have time for it? Should I do no, this live probably on air? Or, uh, okay. I don't know. That's well, just we'll, a fun we'll, side let's quest. Just fa- let's just fact check it and then we'll come back to it. <laughs> but speaking of monopolies, physios have taken over sport in Australia and they don't like osteos for yeah. the most part. So we had um, four physios at the Bulldogs. And we had an osteo um, who used to do about half day a week, uh, and I think he does more now. But anyway, they, this is the next big move. We're gonna we're gonna start. What is the difference between a physio and an osteo? Uh, so we're better. Um, just firstly, <laughs> we'll start there. We'll, we'll start just, there. Yeah. Osteos are better. Okay. We'll start and finish. No, um, <laughs> we as osteos sort of look a little bit more holistically. So the idea of osteopathy is that everything is interrelated. So mm-hmm. you have to look at the whole person as an individual. Um, if their knee's sore, why is it sore? Is mm-hmm. it because their hip's tight? Is it because their um, foot's rolling in? Is the it chakras because, are not aligned. Yeah, there's a weakness somewhere. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't really delve into the spiritual side of things, but um, as definitely. As soon as you say holistic has sort of been ruined by the anti-vax movement a bit. As soon as you say holistic, I'm <laughs> oh, like, no. hang on a minute. Did no, you check so in more, coming here? More like your psyche. So we know stress is very related to inflammation and pain. Yes. Um, your activity levels, your nutrition, um, physical performance, athletic ability, like all of these things have to come into consideration when you're treating a person. Whereas um, physios just go, all right, knee hurts, let's fix, fix mm, knee. I would uh, – I won't go that far as to say that. There's some great physios out there. Um, a lot of the people that get <laughs> referred to me – Some of my best friends are physios. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they suck. No, 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 no. <laughs> Some physios are great. There's some terrible osteos out there too, I'm sure. I'm not one of them. But so could it be a thing where if we get a bit of symbiosis between the, uh, the, the, the male footy players and the female footy players where you could work as osteos for the men's during your off-season and they could do whatever it is that male footballers do, design T-shirts? Um, <laughs> yeah. Talk a lot of rubbish. Yeah, play FIFA just for them. Yeah, there's not a lot of. Uh, this is the imbalance. You're actually helping society, and the male well, footy well, players. And that's the that's the the great, really interesting thing, which is why I think it was interesting when Tess said before. She's like, I don't like. I think if you make it full time, like a, there's going to be a lot of girls who don't want to play because they've got great careers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do we get to the point where there's a good balance where they're earning good money? and still being able to complete their careers. Because as I've said before on this show, there are quite a significant amount of AFL players who, barring their income for that period of time when they're in the game, come out worse than the people who didn't play AFL football at the same age. Because they miss uni and they miss all the social stuff. They don't grow up. Like There's just a lot of things that sort of slow them down in their life, whereas I don't think that's the case with the girls at the moment. I think the best way for it to progress would be on a part-time basis still. I still don't think that the full-time basis is necessarily a model that is going to be... It'd be great if they were paid better. Yeah. Like well, we that's can the say thing. that without it needing to be all year round, you know? Mm. Yeah. Because 
just so they can go back to part-time work because, I mean, we had some girls who were painters and they were working yeah, yeah, from 7 a.m. Yeah, till laboring or something like 4 that. o'clock yeah. and then... Who's that demons player who she has to milk like 500 cows <laughs> and then go oh and drive for a year and then go in and play? Yeah, and those, you know, we've got a night session. So the trainings are at night generally. Um and they're supposed to be, you know, like that three-hour session. But you've got 45 minutes before of meetings yeah, and yeah, eating yeah. and it's catching really a up half and day. physio. It is. It's, it's a, a half day. day. You don't get out of there till 9.30, 10 yeah. o'clock. The VFL program is the same. It's a half day. Our training but tonight is three and a half hours. <laughs> Do you know how the longest basketball training was? Two. Yeah. That's the longest. Yeah, true. Yeah, I don't know. You chose to do this. Three and a half hours. <laughs> you know what you signed up? Dale, some, we need to shorten it. Some comedy gigs I have to do 45 minutes, guys. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, you do multiple shows in a night, though. Yeah, that's true. And you have the pop, the potential for being booed or abused off stage. That's true. And I spend, you know, actually, you know, months yeah. writing the material yeah, yeah, and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. You know. Stop yeah. underselling yourself. Yeah, we know you work. Be, kind. Right. be I got, kind. I've got a big ego. It's fine. Okay. Um, have we, what, do we have any more listener mail we that do, we should yes. get to? Um, uh, what have I got? I've got all. I've asked all my ones. So let's go to the listeners uh, now. There was a lot of excitement uh, to have you on, Tessa. That's yeah, we're trying to boost her. So whilst we're waiting, we're going to boost her signal. What, what's the osteo clinic you work work for? Uh, it's called Living Health Group out in Wheelers Hill. Yep. And where they, can they find you on Instagram? Uh, Living Health Group. Is the name no, your is name on Instagram? I don't want my name on Instagram. Okay, well, don't have your own name on Instagram. I'm sure that works. Certainly it out if not called at Tessa Boyd. Okay? Yeah, don't look that. There's up. no numbers on the end either. Um, and it's you're you know what my story. You, you've been on my photos plenty of times. <laughs> oh, so dear. what are you complaining about? Um, hit her up in all honesty. If you ever need any osteopathy, she's. Uh, I can vouch for the fact she's very good. And if she can deal with me being a hundred and uh, and and plus plus kilos, you can probably deal with anyone. Yeah. Uh, okay, so two questions I've got here. Uh, did Tom keep his room clean? No. No. Did you have no. separate rooms or you, yeah. you guys bunk beds or anything? We like only that? We shared always? a room in Anglesey, which is our beach house, but at home, no, you were a messy boy. Yep. You haven't changed much either. <laughs> no, nah, well, I'm about to get better. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. And of course you've got the – we didn't get to talk about this much last week, but you're going to become an, an auntie. Yeah. I know. I'm so excited. Congrats. Is she this was. the first grandchild? Yep. First child of the generation? That's yep. exciting. First child Very. of uh, all of my grandchildren, kid of all of my dad's oh, um, wow. siblings and everyone. And mum's side as well. And mum's side. I'm the first – I'm the trailblazer. This kid is going to be spoiled. Wo- we're going to work out it, who's, who's going to be a good grandparent and granduncle and auntie and all of the – Well, can I give you advice? Um It'll, it's it's so scary when you your kids are first born and you are panicking and stuff. I'm uh, yeah, terrified about it. But I said Anna four months and then I'll have a go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's also especially with this scenario with all of your your that generation uh, yes. above you being, they will be ravenous to hold the child. I would say. Uh, some mums like Anna might be quite protective. Is like no, no, I don't want to you know mm. hand them to everyone. Hand it to everyone. Give yeah. yourself a break. Yeah, Let yeah, yourself yeah. have 10 minutes because then they get their hit of dopamine and then they will cook you lasagnas and yeah, things yeah, that you yeah, can yeah, chuck yeah. in the freezer. Hot potato. Yeah. But I have heard this. Don't wake the baby up if it's sleeping. Yeah. Never wake a sleeping just, baby. Uh, Although, you know. Was that the bit of advice you wanted to tell me? Yeah. You think I was just going to go in there? No, no, because then you, no, you get- No, to give it to other people. Oh, to, yeah, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. The baby I've got enough friends who've got kids. Like I'm the first of our family, but gosh, I've got more friends with kids and you know, I've had hot dinners. 
It's insane. Yeah. Footy players te- do seem to have, have kids very young. And I yeah. figure because you're living such a military-style lifestyle anyway. Oh, it's, a, it's just a, it's a money thing too. Like you're younger, you get a, you've got a house, you've got a uh, – like yeah. a lot of time you've got a serious relationship. Like just it happens quicker when your life's a bit further ahead. And you would hate to like retire from football. Suddenly you can go out and party all night and then, oh, God, now I have the kid. Uh, I oh, think, really, I think you're ready. Yeah. Oh, no. yeah, you're fine. Well, yeah, we're excited You've had for a few it. years out. Yeah. Yeah, and true. you're still playing footy. So, yeah. Uh, Steve uh, Asmacher, I think. It's, I don't know if that's a joke name or not. I'm sorry, Steve, <laughs> if it is. The, uh, the, the sounds German. Um, <laughs> he wants to know why football over basketball? Seen you play a few times, thought you were a gun. Unfortunately, I haven't seen you play football yet, but knowing the family talent, probably a jet at it anyway. Now, first of all, is jet a compliment or is that too close to bomber? Uh, I think it's a compliment. I think they mean as a compliment, but I think so. I think we should stop using it as a term. But yeah, what uh, was the original question? Why, for, why have you chosen footy over basketball? Um, again, I'm going to say I haven't chosen it over the top of basketball. I just think it's probably a good opportunity for me to now give it a go. Like I, I really wanted to play when I was younger yeah, and just right. never got the opportunity. So it's cool now that that actually exists for me. So I'm really happy about that, um, and I'm just really happy that girls who are quite young are being able to actually have that opportunity early on. To play footy the whole time, yeah. yeah. Not have to go. So when they basketball. sort of get to my age, well, they they are actually good, yeah. Unlike me, <laughs> oh, you'll be great. Oh, Come on, I mean, I, I hope you win all your games except the ones against Darabin Falcons and Footscray. Oh, I go ah. for Darabin Falcons in the VFLW. Oh, really? Oh, I'm loyal. I grew up Darabin, so okay. you, know. yeah. you have to come down. I'll oh, get definitely. you a free ticket. You <laughs> <laughs> might be a five bucks on entry. I sort of, sort of. Oh, I'll pay really? absolutely, yeah. man. I love you to support AFLW. the local clubs anyway. Right? Yeah, I love local footy. But going to the Witten Oval on AFLW. If any of the listeners great, haven't yeah. done it, it is the best day, and yep. it's the best of all the grounds because there's so much space. There's jumpy castles. You can just the kids it's got a local go off and feel play. about it. Yeah, like it's really, it's and you can hear, you can actually hear the players quite well, and and. It's just yeah, a nice day at Witten Oval. It's very yeah. Very nice. That might Good be food. us this year. We'll we'll pencil in a couple of uh, Danny Boyd appearances at the yeah. Let's AFLW. do it. Man, the food trucks are the main reason I go because yeah, yeah. They're great. it wasn't last year because of COVID, but it was very diverse. You had yeah. Ethiopian, Spanish. Yeah, well, Witten Oval's yeah. a special place. Oh, yeah. It's got so much culture it's around yeah. it. It's, it's awesome. So, and the final question, Tessa, uh, who do you think should have won the Norm Smith in 2016? <laughs> <laughs> he asks everyone this question. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, I can't answer this question right in any way. No matter what you say, you're going to be wrong. Why? So, Why? What if she's well? What? If she doesn't support me, I'm going to abuse her. And if yeah. she supports me, I'm going to abuse her. Right. <laughs> well, you're good brother. Um, I think JJ was was great. Um, I'm still not convinced, but I didn't really get the best view of the game, so I was sitting in the pocket. Oh, we should say there is one really. We, we were lucky enough to see each other straight after the game. Tessa actually did a uh, a radio, a TV interview next to me oh, after nice. the grand final. I know you did one. I was standing next to you. Yeah, and then oh, they were just annoying the, the the hell out of me after that game. But anyway, it was we we actually so this is in the rooms in the rooms, just fully packed. So you got Tessa you got Hemsworths in there. Yeah, you got, you got triple. What was it? Triple M or three AW oh, yeah. just coming up to you? Oh, mate, I couldn't have told you. It could have been anyone. Yeah, they, they all had a go. You know, I remember Robbo. Robbo interviewed me, but other than that, it was would have just been all the different radio stations, and it's carnage. But it was like one of the first things that I remember after the game. Once all the chaos, it was just like Tess running in, Dad, Mum. Oh, um, it was really moment. nice. So, yep. Anyway, and um, then we let them party. That's it. And we went home. How old were you then? Oh, I was twenty. Yeah, uh, 19. 
19. Yeah. Did you get a beer? Yeah, we went to... Everyone, everyone got... like Because you see them handing out the crown. Nah, nah, we didn't get one in there. It ah. was chaotic, honestly. I don't yeah, remember it. was too it. much because they just let too many people in. It's always... Like, it's, it's great, but yes. you want to spend time with your family. Absolutely. Like, that is the first person you want to see. And, like, you know, Anna wasn't able to get down there and... Um, Anna was with me though Yeah but she didn't make she it didn't down She didn't get I don't, in I don't know who how See this, I don't even remember that so I was sitting with Anna I had to hang out with They almost didn't let mum and dad in Like you know It's just It's so Because you can't Like you try and organise it pre-game But then It's so chaotic afterwards Yeah That you know Because like, you're not sure you're going to win Obviously And then you miss out And like it, it, I was lucky I got to see my family But like so I know players Some players did in And yeah it's just it's yeah, a t- tough part of that. I know uh, Liam Pickens, uh, Mrs. Uh, Annie Nolan. Yeah, she she saw the Hemsworths and got a photo with them, and uh, and put it on <laughs> socials. Know. And just because the room was so packed, yeah, uh, they couldn't get to. She couldn't get to Liam, but he looked at his phone and said, <laughs> "Oh, so you're getting photos <laughs> with celebrities? Have you ever come over to say hi to me? Uh, we'll have to get into <laughs> Liam was a star one. that day. Actually, yeah. I reckon he might be up there. Yeah, yeah he was yeah, great. Liam, that day. Uh, yeah, Liam and JJ, they both have my equal votes. <laughs> well, Tessa, thank you very much for, for coming along. Boydie, great to see you back in uh, person. It is good to see you. Yeah. We'll see you again in uh, two weeks, everyone. Yeah, we'll be looking to have um, you know some uh, players in their off-season, get a bit of an update, potentially on a couple of injured guys, a couple of guys have just re-signed. So um, the next few weeks will be uh, ex-players. Or get in the car, Stay I'll tuned. get on my way. Riding on pass where the doggies play, oh. Today's episode was proudly brought to you by 8-Star Energy, creating energy for the future and power you can count on. Follow them on Facebook, 8-Star Energy. Fast way